Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you are here and happy you're listening. Well, you know, the COVID response, and I, I know I keep going back to this, but it, uh, it was just such a, an extraordinary move by our government that uh, I think it's really hard to let this go. But it's not just people in this country that have noticed that there's some sort of play for, there's some sort of power play here going on with, with governments. There are people, people in elected positions in um, the European Union, for example, European Parliament, that also are expressing concerns. And I think this is a really good sign. I think this is, this is not just tinfoil hat people in America wondering what is going to happen when they unleash the next virus on us. I, I just I was noticing the other day that they were talking about uh, yet another vaccine. I think the vaccine booster, I think this is the sixth booster or the sixth shot. And they're talking about variants and you know this kind of thing and it's just never going to go away. I mean, I think they've figured out that there's way too much money involved in this. And uh, although I don't think the uptake uh, on vaccines is is very high anymore, I don't think anybody's really taken them. Uh, there's a handful of people, I suppose, that will continue to take them. Uh, those are the people that believe in government. I mean, I, I call them the useful idiots because... Uh, the useful idiots are the ones that are the last ones to figure out that government is screwing them. And they, they play along, and usually they get, they get screwed too eventually, but they play along for a long time because it takes them forever to figure out that the government doesn't have their best interest at heart. And so they're just kind of head in the sand, combination of head in the sand and loyal, trusting, overly trusting, ignorant of history. These are the types of characteristics of the useful idiot. In fact, I have a story, and I'm not going to mention any names, but my wife was telling me about a lady that she knows um, who is, is very committed to these vaccines or was to the point where she even had her uh, young children vaccinated. And according to my wife, this woman is like mother of the year. I mean, she's just fantastic person, loves her kids, just would do anything for them. Just a great mom, but she's kind of in the medical field. And so she believes in vaccines and, and, and the word belief is very critical, I think, because it is something you have to believe in to continue to take it. There is no evidence. I mean, at this point, it doesn't keep you from getting COVID. And I think everybody knows that. So why would you continue to take it uh, if it's not part of some sort of 
you know, religion or belief system. But anyway, long story short, one of her children, a little girl, and I don't know how old she is. I want to say she's like 11, but I'm not entirely sure. But the little boy comes out. I mean, can you imagine? And the little boy's younger, I think. The little boy comes out and says, Mommy, there's something wrong with so-and-so. She's making all these funny noises and this, that, and the other. The mother goes in there, and the child is unresponsive. Okay, 11-year-old child, unresponsive. I mean, this must just be a terrifying experience. When the lady was telling my wife the story, she, even though it, I'll just save you the suspense, it ends up okay. She ended up having some sort of seizure, and she's okay. But the woman couldn't even tell my wife the story without breaking down into tears. I mean, it was so upsetting to her. And this is happening all over the country. Nobody's reporting on it. Nobody's saying much about it. And even this particular woman didn't say, oh, I hope this isn't the vaccine or anything like that. I think my wife made some comment like, wow, she's pretty young to be having, well, she thought she had a stroke at first. So she, the comment was, well, she's pretty young to be having strokes. And I don't know, she didn't really engage the woman around what the cause was or anything like that. So, you know, this kind of thing can happen and people don't think it's related to the vaccine. And maybe it's not. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to say maybe it's not. But, you know, 10, 9, 10, 11 year old kids that have had perfectly healthy lives up to a certain point don't just have seizures. Okay, that just doesn't happen. They don't have strokes. They don't have heart attacks. They don't have any of these things that these young children are having that are, by the way, vaccinated. And so this is just very disturbing. I don't know. I, you know, maybe there's some sort of psychological thing at hand where, you know, if you, if you vaccinated your children, you just don't want to think the worst. You don't even want to think about it, much less bring it up. And if you just, if you just bury it, you know, if you just pretend like it didn't happen, then maybe nothing will happen to your child. Maybe that's the psyche. I, I don't know. But there's just a lot of these horrible stories happening everywhere. And it's not just in the United States, okay? There, there are people that are worried about the next thing, the next pandemic. You know, you got people like Bill Gates talking about when the next pandemic comes, and there will be another one. I don't know how he can be so certain unless they're causing the, these pandemics, but they seem very certain. And we, it was more than a hundred years from since the last one. So I don't fully know how they can be so certain about these upcoming pandemics, but they are, and they're working behind the scenes to separate you from your sovereignty. What I mean by that is uh, countries like the United States, where we have individual liberty or at least we used to, the WHO and other international organizations are working to get agreements to eliminate that sovereignty, that agreement that we have with our country, with our government. And presumably they're going to try to do this in treaties. 
so that they're binding and that the United States government has to follow it and so on and so forth. So I want to play a little bit from this Romanian MEP. His name is Christian Terhis, and he's from Romania. And look, Romania is a very free place now. I mean, it's it's a great place. It's a beautiful country, by the way. Beautiful place, free, and they've got real representatives, and they're a real government. In fact, some of the freest places in the world are Eastern former Eastern Bloc satellites of the Soviet Union, Hungary, Poland. These places, some of these places are awesome places to live right now because they have a maximum amount of freedom. And so it's not unusual in my mind to hear this Romanian MEP speaking like we want our politicians to speak in this manner in in the United States. And so I thought I would play a little bit of it to help introduce this subject about the WHO and how they're trying to work these agreements with countries and this is happening. This is starting to happen right now. And it's something we all should be on guard about. People all across the world are hunger, are thirsty for freedom. They want their own officials to be accountable and to respond in front of the public. I want to jump in real quick here and just touch on and, uh, and expound upon the comment he makes here at the very beginning, people all across the world hunger or thirst for freedom. Freedom is not something you have to convince people to, to want. It's like, it's like they're born wanting freedom. They're born wanting to express their individual, uh, their individuality, their, their personality, they they're, they want to express and make their mark on the world. And this requires freedom. You don't have to teach anybody this. It's just automatic. And especially now that, like I said, some of these Eastern Bloc countries like Romania and Hungary and, I don't know, Poland. There's, there's a whole bunch of them. Lithuania. All these countries are very free places right now. And, and not only that, many of the people that live there still lived under communism. They know what it's like to live under communism. And they're seeing things that they don't like coming out of this world government. These, these international bodies like the WHO or the IMF or the World Bank or any international body that runs around and does these big summits and tells, you know, kind of tells people what, what to do or the way things are going to be in the future, the, the world economic forum, you know, they're, they really resent that. Okay. Cause it sounds way too familiar to what they had lived under before. And I don't know. I just, I just think that it's going to be in some ways, I think it's going to be very difficult to try to take people's liberty away from them. But after living through the COVID response here in the United States, it really worries me that we don't have enough people in our country that really respect um, the freedom, the individual freedom, and what that means, and, and, and what it 
what it really takes to hang on to that. A lot of people think, oh, you know, the military, they're fighting for our freedom overseas. And they, and they kind of believe all this kind of crap. And that's really not true. The military is not fighting for your freedom overseas. People didn't go to Iraq and kill Iraqis so that we could be free in America. That's just a lie. Okay. That, that's not how it works. The military is a force, is a political force. It's a tool of coercion that we, that we use on other countries. The way, the way we Americans hang on to our freedom is we fight for it here at home. And we fight for it by telling politicians, no, you're not going to do that. Sorry, you're out of office. And, and, and we don't get too hung up on, are they a Democrat or Republican or a Libertarian or whatever? We, if, if they're talking about something that's not freedom, then they're out. That's, that's how we secure our freedom here in America. Not by thanking soldiers for their service that they did overseas. And if you're a soldier listening to me right now, I don't mean any disrespect to you personally, but you, you essentially were, were played by the government. Teach you all this propaganda, and, they, and they, they do it to all of us. It's not just the people in the military. Look, if you're thinking, if you're a young person and you're thinking about a career, whatever you do, do not go work for the federal government. Don't go work for any government. Don't give the government your talent. Okay? For one, they, it'll be used for evil. That's, that's the first reason you don't do it. The second reason is, if at some point you decide you don't like what the government's doing and you want to go to the media, you want to tell somebody, you're going to prison. Okay? That, that's not how it works. <laughs> You don't get to tell everybody what your all the bad crap you're doing on behalf of the government when you decidely, you know, eventually decide to develop a conscience. I mean, how many of these uh, whistleblowers do you need to see to go to jail before you realize that's the case? So the best thing to do is just not ever go work there. Don't don't give them your talent. Don't give them your loyalty. Don't give them your skills uh, because it'll it'll cost you one way or the other. Okay, it's either going to cost you uh, in, the, in the sense that you'll be in the service of evil or it'll cost you one day when you develop a conscience and decide you want to you want out and, and you'll just be stuck. You can't tell anybody. You won't be able to do anything about it. And uh, you will have looked at your, at least this would be me, I would have looked at my life and said, God, I just wasted 20 years of my life, you know, in service of the government. So the alternative that was presented to us with this pandemic, this was the best opportunity for some elites that are not elected by anybody, who are not accountable to anybody, to pretty much hijack day by day, month by month, year by year, more and more of our rights, more and more of our assets, because we see that happening right now in many countries. You saw what happened in Canada, for example, when the truckers protested against Trudeau, he ordered that their bank accounts be blocked. And that happened. And at that point, we did not even have, the, or they did not even have in, in Canada, the digital currency. Imagine what will happen 
when on your phone you will have the digital wallet, the digital currency, the digital vaccination certificate. So we saw what happened. Yeah, so he's right. You know, we did see what happened. We, um, Canada was a, was a great example. And, you know, Canada historically has been a very free place. It's, it's not unlike the United States. And this trucker thing was, you know, it was, it was a grassroots deal. It was a protest. It was, you know, the, the, the vaccine was causing real problems with the trucking industry in Canada because there's a lot of going back and forth to the United States. And these, these people decided to protest. You know, they got on their CBs and said, man, this is BS. You know, we can't do our jobs, you know, with all these vaccine rules and, and nobody's sick and, or, you know, taking the vaccine doesn't really keep you from getting COVID and we just need to end all this, right? So they protested and, you know, a bunch of them went to jail. People tried to contribute to them using patronage apps and, the patronage, patronage app company confiscated the money and, and donated it to somebody they wanted to donate. I mean, it was, the, it was a real disaster, this whole thing. And so he's right. I mean, this, is, this was a shocking amount of force and coercion that we saw in Canada. And, and he's also right that what if they'd had the, the digital currency already and there's no way to, for them to even use money? I mean... Maybe, you know, as a trucker, maybe you needed money to eat or whatever. And they just found out who you were. They, I don't know, geolocated your phone and just turned everybody's phone off um, that was in the area, that was unauthorized to be in the area, and uh, just starved them out. (laughs) I mean, that's what you're talking about with digital currency. I mean, if there's no other way for you to spend money except to use your phone and they can just turn it off, or they can lock down your credit cards. Maybe maybe you can use a credit card, but it's tied to a digital currency. And so if the digital currency is turned off, then your credit card's turned off. You know, that kind of thing. So this is um, these are these are tools that could be used in the future. We saw a little glimpse uh, with the with the trucker, the Canadian trucker deal. We saw, you know. To me, the the scariest thing is you just have politicians that have no respect for this individual liberty. I mean, no, nobody's really even talking about it. There's a few, you know, Ron Johnson, Rand Paul, Thomas Massey. It's the same old guys that are uh, Matt Gates. You know, the same old people are talking about freedom. But it almost seems like they're powerless to override any of these policies that the executive branch rolls out and so this guy's right i mean he's a romanian guy and he's right we've we've seen this already we've already glimpsed this future and to let them go to the next step by giving the who a a few handful of people we don't even know who these people are one of the tedros is like some ethiopian guy I, you know, I want some Ethiopian guy telling me what I'm putting in my body because he says it's an emergency and he says it's safe. Come on, give me a break. 
That's not what America is about. I mean, America just needs to flush this deal and say, there's no way in hell we're signing on to that thing. Just like there's no way in hell we're signing on to any kind of Paris Accord and, you know, agreeing to wreck our economy with, with the absence of fossil fuels. You know, we are now, we, we're doing that now, but that's just a, that's because Joe Biden and his administration agrees with it. When there's a Republican administration comes in, they'll just rip it up and that'll be the end of it. We'll be out of the Paris Accords and whatever the Paris Accords binds us to, we'll, we won't be doing it anymore. So we, we don't need another one of these far-flung international agreements with the WHO that tells us or that commands us to do something that, that runs counter to our own individual freedom around bodily autonomy. I mean, we're, we're struggling enough with that in our own country, even without the WHO authority. So we don't, we don't need some far away authority that local politicians can just say, well, sorry, you know, we signed this treaty and we have to abide by it because we signed it. What? No, don't sign it then. And now just imagining your worst case scenario, what will happen if we allow the WHO to have so much power over our states, over our governments, our elected officials, and even our, over our judiciary. So the biggest threat that we are facing right now is a threat to our national sovereignty, to the supremacy of our constitutions, and implicitly, unfortunately, to our fundamental rights. Because if all of these powers that were granted through our constitutions to our national institutions or authorities will be handed over to a global institution that is not accountable to anybody, who's led by people who are not elected by us as citizens, then we are done with our rights. Because they can easily just pass a decision or whatever you want to call it to declare a pandemic. Once that is declared, the government can the governments can impose draconical restrictive measures, and you will not be able to challenge that. Yeah, you know, one of the things this does is for the people that are over here, the the leaders, you know, when you think of the most radical leaders. In, in the United States, think of think of those people. When I'm talking about what I'm about to say, when you when you have this kind of far away authority that we signed on to, it it allows people like Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or you know these kinds of leaders to say, oh, you know what? I mean, we just we got to follow what the WHO says. It allows them to do like what what I said in the the other night in that article or what the article said, rather, is the farther away the authority, the more likely they can, they can administer some sort of top-down solution that everybody has to follow in lockstep. And this whole following stuff in lockstep is very dangerous because what we want is we want ideas to be distributed. We want, we want authority to be distributed. You know, if you recall... Some time ago, and I don't remember the episode number, but we talked about a treatment that was 
popular in one of the states in India, a state called Uttar Pradesh. And they had just crushed COVID. And it was like an ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, magnesium kind of cocktail thing that, that doctors had gotten together over there and, and administered to the people. And they had COVID really bad. Like people really were like dying for whatever reason. And some people were getting really, really sick. And they kind of quickly put together this cocktail. And I mean, they just crushed COVID. I mean, all but eliminated it in Uttar Pradesh. And we're not talking about a small place. I mean, this is a place with like 250 million people. But the more you have this far-flung or far-away international body that can declare something and then roll out the policy prescription, it makes it so that it makes it easier for those that are all in agreement or, you know, trying to do the same thing, like rule and lord over people. It allows them to kind of participate in lockstep. And if we have sovereignty, whether it be state sovereignty, or in this case, just international sovereignty, but even state sovereignty is even better. And then, of course, county sovereignty is even better. Like, make sure your local sheriff is not going to go along with all this stuff, right? Because the reality is, if the local sheriff says no, there's not much that Dr. Tedros at the WHO is going to be able to do, right? I mean, the local sheriff in your county is a very powerful individual and can essentially protect you from bad laws. Now, if you don't have a good sheriff, then that's not going to help much. But the point is, the closer you can get that sovereignty to you and your family and you as an individual, the more protected you will be against this coercive activity. But I, I'm, it sounds like they're going to go ahead and try. I mean, it sounds like they're pushing for a treaty, a global treaty, okay, with every country, at least every Western country. I mean, I don't, I don't think countries in Africa are going to sign this thing. Maybe they do. I don't know. Africa is already being taken advantage of by the Gates Foundation, the WHO. That, that place is one big experimental ground. Uh, the Gates Foundation has been exper experimenting on people that live in the continent of Africa for decades now under the guise of providing health care. But I know for a fact that some of the vaccines they've administered, and I don't have all the facts in front of me, but they've caused major infertility in entire villages and stuff. So... I don't know. We don't need this kind of thing going on in America. We don't need to be listening to Dr. Tedros. I mean, just think of like Dr. Fauci, but even further away, like even less likely to criticize. We, we wouldn't be able to bring Dr. Tedros, for example, in front of the Senate committee on whatever. You know, we just wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, we'd have no authority to do it. Dr. Tedros would stay at the WHO and say whatever he's going to say, and Rand Paul would never get to question him like he did Dr. Fauci. And by the way, Dr. Fauci lied hundreds of times to Congress. I mean, 
I don't understand how that guy's walking around, but he is. Uh, the government, if it's not clear to you at this point, it should be now, or if it wasn't clear to you before, it should be now that the government is selectively prosecutes people for what, for what they are trying to control. In other words, they see a person like Trump, and they come up with, they come up with laws that he broke. You see someone like Fauci, and even though he broke a bunch of laws, he doesn't get prosecuted. John Clapper, same thing. He's, he's with the in crowd. He lies to Congress, doesn't get prosecuted. John Brennan, he's with the in crowd, lies to Congress, doesn't get prosecuted. Hillary Clinton, lies to Congress, doesn't get prosecuted. She's with the in crowd. She's on the right team. She's on the team that is aligned with the permanent managerial state. So keep an eye out for this WHO thing. It's very, very dangerous. It drives a wedge right into our sovereignty, both as a country, as a state, as an individual. And it's, it's very dangerous. You know, when, when these idiot, quote-unquote, leaders corral everybody into lockstep behavior, lockstep, lockstep thinking, it's very dangerous. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the show tonight. Uh, I've been talking for a little while. Hope you enjoyed this subject. Go look at this guy. Keep an eye on this guy, Christian Terrace. He's going to be one of the good guys. Uh, tomorrow night, we're going to profile another MEP, a lady named Christine Anderson from Germany. Also very, very freedom-loving, really fighting hard, very outspoken about all that's going on in Europe, uh, these international these international bodies. If Christine Anderson had her way, I think she would drive a wedge right into the European Union and have everybody go back to individual countries, which I think is probably ultimately going to happen anyway. So anyway, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. Thank you for coming in this evening. Glad you were here and uh, come back tomorrow and listen again. And I'll be here to do it all over again. See ya. Peace.